0: Repeat. This is a place for intervention from any nearby imperial assets. This is the remembrancer vessel box casting where we are in dire need of assistance. Our ship has been attacked by unknown assailants who bear imperial markings and clams. Coordinates are as follows. 692 Red 138 Red 2174 Van Dragon Sector Segmentium Empestus We are being attacked by unknown Assyrians. They bear incredible markings. Please help us. We are a remembrancer vessel. We are a remembrancer vessel. The Emperor protects. This message shall repeat. The Emperor protects. This message shall repeat welcome to the galaxy in flames podcast
1: oh wow that uh turned out better than i thought it did um hey welcome to the galaxy in flames podcast the inaugural podcast um my name is steve saunders and i'm here with simon berman simon why are you here
2: uh as i recall about six weeks ago i posted saying somebody should co-host a horse heresy podcast with me Where I show up and talk, and they do all the production work, and I don't have to think about it. And then you agreed to that. So, joke's on you, I guess.
1: Wait, I did? I have to do the production? I thought I was just doing the intro. And, uh, fun fact, uh, I haven't really completed that yet uh, as of this recording. So, I'm just basically jerking my own chain right there.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, super short. Super (laughs) short. I'm just going to cut it all right now. It's like 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Um, that's awesome um so i i'm glad you did that i'm glad you posted that because i was like you know what this is something i want to do i love this stuff and um so well but why are you here why did you want to do a podcast why uh why are we here Uh, it's a
2: it's a great question steve uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know i i've been doing podcasts uh gaming podcasts for about a decade now um long time ago, I did my first podcast. It was actually My first podcast was actually a professional podcast um, years ago. I founded the uh, Primecast, which was Privateer Press's uh, in-house podcast back when I worked there. Um, and I think actually, I actually got returned recently a year or two ago. I think John Snickles of Privateer has, has brought the Primecast back. So uh, if you're tomorrow, you can go, go check that out. But uh, <laughs> I've been doing podcasts for a long time. I have another project called The Brush Union, which is about miniatures painting. And uh, that's kind of an interview format where uh, I interview notable hobbyists and miniatures painters and people with interesting things to say about miniatures painting. Um, But I realized I didn't have a podcast where I could just ramble about stuff that I liked, and I realized for the last year I've been playing just a ton of Horus Heresy, both the the main Horus Heresy game but I've been playing, new well I say new, but it's five years old, the uh, Adeptus Titanicus game, which is also set in the Horus Heresy, and it seems that there's hints of maybe epic coming back, so I'll be sure I'll be playing that. And I just like a whole lot of Horus Heresy stuff. it's kind of my favorite part of the Warhammer universe at the moment. And uh, I thought it'd be cool to talk to somebody else who also loves that stuff.
1: Well, I'm really glad that you're finally doing something you like. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, nice, nice. Like, I, I, well, I'm glad, I'm glad you made the post because now I'm, I, I was like, yeah, I, I like to do the production end of things on podcasts and music and stuff like that. I suppose I should also introduce myself properly um, uh, if that's alright with you um, I umming and eyeing a lot uh, I'm Steve, I, I've been working in like the nerd industries for a long time I, I too have done lots of podcasts, whether it was comics on comics from like 2007, 2008, 2009 that era um, or recently industrial nerds, which is with me and uh, Brian Grobner of the Gothsicles and we nerd out and talk about industrial music and nerd stuff like warhammer 40k and cyberpunk etc um and yeah and i I do music and sound production which is why how i got hooked into this and i'm a massive massive warhammer fan i've been into warhammer uh in pretty much all its forms since 1987 uh so when you mentioned Ideptus titanicus i'm like i remember that launched (laughs) that was (laughs) super like i went like little like 13 year old me was like whoa, hell yeah and um, and so yeah and, and i and i love the horus heresy like it, it, following it since it was just like little blurbs and white dwarf here we are with like an, like what the second edition of the rules and big big freaking awesome books and all the mini specifically for horus heresy and i know it's like eight or so years old and forge world doing all this stuff before but holy cow i can't get used to it maybe it's because i'm old but i'm like it's amazing super happy so yeah i'm glad to be here thank you for uh ag- foolishly agreeing to have me on
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah man, thanks for uh, for taking me up on the uh offer
1: the <laughs> you want to do all this work yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> all this unpaid work yeah um yeah it, it's it's uh I, I, i'm actually realizing just how off my game i am because normally i do my my Union podcast is an interview where i interview people Mm-hmm. And it's it's very confusing to me after I placed episode fifty of that to not just be asking the other person questions like I'm going to have to talk and that's that's it's confusing to me. But uh,
1: we'll just uh, interview each other. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's how that works, right? Like it's fun.
2: Um, but yeah, so so you you said you played the original Titanicus, which was what 88? 89?
1: yeah, something like that. Um yeah. it was eighty eight or eighty nine. Actually, I think it was eighty eight. Um, maybe even eighty seven. Because I was actually uh, with my sons. Who are adults uh it's like uh yesterday i was showing some old white dwarves like uh, specifically if anyone's <laughs> curious uh white dwarves 108 and 109 109 uh, is wow. my favorite because that's where the imperial beastmen make an appearance it's wow. the first imperial guard book uh or, or imperial guard lore uh, etc that's that's codified and there's a lot of adeptus satanicus stuff in there and i was already like full board adeptus satanicus at that point and the Horus Heresy—if you want to know about it—you had to read the instruction manuals for, for Adeptus Titanicus and white dwarf articles. And uh, and I remember it was kind of confusing back then because you'd you'd want to do um, like one of the crazy ideas that we wanted to do, like Warhammer 40k, but on epic scale, which became known as epic scale. You know, and people, my friends, would think that Adeptus Titanicus was Warhammer 40k. I'm like, no, no, it's like. It's like 10,000 years before, during the Horus Heresy. And they're like, what the hell is that? Like, it was, uh-huh. they're still fleshing out all the lore back then. And it was a good time. It was a very expensive time. and Yeah. A good, time. good time, I would've wanted
2: work. If I recall correctly, I remember reading somewhere relatively recently that, you know, the, the main impetus for sort of expanding the Horus Heresy is like its own um, era and settings. It, it originally appeared as like a very brief line in one of the Rogue Trader books in like the history section, like just kind of an aside. And um, when they wanted to do Adeptus Titanicus, they needed to get as much use out of those model kits as they could. So a Civil War made sense because they could put the same model on both sides of the, the, the starter set. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Horus Heresy was like, well, what if we just turn it into that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then at that point, they were also doing a lot of different games as well. Like, Yeah. They still do, but like back then it was like, let's do some Goblins and Pogo Sticks. Why not? And we're just, it's a game now. And, you know, yeah. So... <laughs> But that's the other thing, too, is you could, like, that, that's right. And, like, you could also take, like, Imperial robots and turn those into Titans if you wanted to, like, Be sure. it, because it was roughly the same scale. Or, better yet, I turned my Titans into Imperial robots. Um, back when Imperial robots, like, you know, I guess they're back, but, like, back when they were, like, a thing and you would have to, yeah, it was, uh, and Dreadnoughts were just dudes piloting stuff, you know, like, as opposed to being some bizarre. Sarcophagus for Marines. Right. But yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, I mean I think I didn't I myself didn't get into 40k or GW in general until a little later. because I was I was fourteen, it would have been around ninety four. I think it was shortly after the second edition released, somewhere around there. Yep. Um, yep. And uh then I, I ended up playing a whole bunch of stuff in a very teenage half assed fashion. But uh, you know, I think there was there was Titanicus. Um although it was um it was Space Marine at that point, and then mm-hmm. I think they released the there was the second Titanicus box set that had the, the Imperator type in it.
1: Yes, the Imperator. Yeah. Although that was not a
2: Horus Heresy game because that one that I think I, think I don't with, think it uh, was opposing force in that one.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know if I mean they could. I think they talked about like you could play it as Horus Heresy, and I know that um, at a Spokane Games Fair there was an Adeptus Titanicus match, and they wanted to do Horus Heresy, but they were using models from that kit, so that was like in 93, 94, 94 roughly so, um, yeah, so, hey, you're not that much younger than me, I mean, hey, I, I graduated high school in 94, um, so,
2: yeah, I think about three or four years, probably,
1: yeah, and, and, um, but I just, I just got really lucky, uh, I have nerdy parents, so, like, I just got really yeah. lucky, <laughs> it super early um but yeah so where do we so are we um i know we're gonna discuss the uh the siege of book. um but is there anything you want to discuss before we dive into that before yeah move?
2: maybe a little bit like just like what our current to date experiences playing the horace harris here with the horace heresy or you know not just ancient history um like you know I, I've got about four thousand points of Sons of Horus. I'm working on a Dark Angel's army, both both dedicated Heresy lists well, or armies, I should say. Um, working my way through the novels. I'm I'm currently on book thirty-five.
1: Damn.
2: So I'm i getting there, but uh, and,
1: damn. Uh, that's a... So yeah, you uh, you definitely know more about this than I do. I mean, of course, I I I, I stay. I, I'm really into the lore, I've read about 10 of the books, um, I'm trying to remember, 10 or 11, there's a lot of them, there's a lot of Horus Heresy books. Yeah, there are. Um, and, um, oh, I say oh, go ahead.
2: Sorry, I was, say I've also Sorry. got about, um, I don't know how many points, but I've got about 16, uh, Legio Furians Titans for Titanicus.
1: Damn, damn. Yeah, I'm like I have some old Titans that I still. Like, uh, I, I I used to own it just for the audience. I used to own a gaming store, and I dealt with a lot of old Hammer minis, and I've used that also as a way to purchase my own my own old Hammer guys. So I've got some old Titans, um, and I have I can't remember where it's around or somewhere. I have an unassembled um, new Titanicus kit. That's where that's as much as I have. I I played Adeptus Titanicus like at the a local GW, and. Uh, but not with my own minions. And then, uh, yeah. And as far as Horace Heresy goes, I have a few boxes of, like, uh, Mark III and Mark IV I still need to assemble. I'm thinking about doing Black Shields. Because um, I, I just really like the whole, I don't know, non-aligned or, like, traitor loyalists, if you will. Like, nightmares sure. that fight for the Emperor alongside a bunch of, like, angry Ultramarines who are pirates. I don't know. I just always love that. Like, it's, it's very contrarian. <laughs> it's, it's, like how we play. it's like, it's very Rogue Trader. I, I prefer that. But I also, yeah, I'm also thinking about maybe doing a straight-up lords army as well. Um, yeah, we've been talking maybe doing a little joint
2: project, so maybe we'll, we'll talk about yeah, that in depth that later yeah, on, I think, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, I should actually, my, my Sons of Horus, which I started last summer um, mm-hmm. with the Age of Darkness Bugs, it's actually not my first foray into Horus Heresy. Uh, back around 2016 or 17, whenever the the um, Betrayal of Kelth sets came out, Mm-hmm. I, uh, I ended up with two of those, and I briefly started an Alpha Legion set, um, or army, and I was never happy with the paint uh, color I got on it, um, and or the quality of the paint. I was I, I was just getting back to the painting majors, and for a time away from it, and uh, mm-hmm. I got frustrated with the whole project and just kind of sold it to a friend, um, and then didn't touch Heresy again until last summer when uh, the second edition came out. It's funny because you know I had all these hobby plans for twenty uh, twenty two and uh you start talking to Horus heresy, so I'm like eh I think I'm good on it this time I don't I don't need to get another game where if, if I do I'll just start a little army and now I've got like I don't know close to hundred Sons of Horus fully painted another 40 or so Dark Angels so uh yeah nice
1: nice nice so that's yeah that's a lot more than me that's uh yeah. this is what I- this is sort of like yeah the, the, this this podcast I think is a, is is a great way for you to continue to delve into your hobby and or the hobby. It, it's for me to just be like take the plunge finally. And just just commit. As my, my my younger son um he he makes fun of me because I have all these minis and I I sometimes I put them together and sometimes I paint them and he's got he's a big thousand sons guy. Both yeah. heresy and current thousand sons. And um, he, he's just like, "Come on, dad, just you know, don't be. A, you're just such a wimp about this. Such a, be a dick. Just, just, just commit. Like you buy, you buy me miniatures. I buy myself miniatures. Hey, he bought me miniatures for Father's Day. You know, like um, um or not Father's Day this year. It was Father's Day last year actually. God, I'm getting old. Um, but like, it was Christmas. But he's got me miniatures before as a gift. And and you know, and he's like, it's still in the box, Dad. Come on, come on. So I'm like, all right. So I've started like getting the stuff out and putting it together and. Um, I think I think there's a, quite a few people that can relate to that, especially um, if they're older and they're busy and, you know, like, like for instance, and this is sort of off horse heresy subject, but I know it's, it's, it's absolutely blasphemy, sacrilegious, etc. It's apostasy to say, I kind of wish they just come like pre-painted and snap together kits <laughs> like sometimes yeah. where I can do my own dudes and do them how I want to do. I love kit bashing. I'm a big fan. Um, it's my favorite aspect of the modeling aspect of the hobby is kit bashing and yeah conversions and and like but sometimes i'm just like god i'm really fucking tired and just really want to just pick up some like i don't know night lords i could just assemble and be like they're my night lords and i can play them yeah so, sure yeah i mean it, i know i know a lot of a lot of you guys out there a lot of you folks out there are gonna be like screw you steve that's that's clearly <laughs> the, the wrong way to do this hobby i'm like oh, i know i know but I, I I am a tired man, <laughs> so.
2: <laughs> well, fortunately for them, it's from a moot point because uh, they don't come like that.
1: No. <laughs> no. <laughs> they
2: they they likely never will.
1: No, and they won't well, because I, it's it would be a lot more expensive for them to do, uh, logistically speaking,
2: right? Yeah, to any kind of good quality standard. But I don't. I've I, I seen some wild stuff like um, Hero Forge, uh, their D and D miniatures. Have you, have you ever seen Hero Forge?
1: Yeah, I've I've gotten I've gotten uh, minis from them before. Yeah, they do
2: their pre-colored minis, and uh, a woman in my my monthly D and D game, she bought her figure from there, and it looks really mm-hmm. good. I was surprised at how, how good the uh, the 3D print uh, paint quality was. or not paint, but I guess colored resin. I don't I don't really know what the process is, but I was I was shocked at how nice it was.
1: I remember hearing that they were doing that, and that's or reading somewhere that they were doing that, and I'm like, that can't turn out well. But apparently, I mean, you look at like say the the D and D minis, right? Like, um, you know, they're for mass-produced little plastic tiny men's they're not bad they're they're, they're yeah and you know i, I will
2: say that the, the one she got you know it, it's uh, it, it doesn't look mass-produced it looks like you know a, a nice simple quality paint job from like a human being which obviously it isn't but uh i, I was i was i was astounded at how nice it was and I, I don't think that person. scales for production but uh, it was a cool for a one-off figure
1: yeah, I wonder how they're doing that, Like some kind of uh, airbrush production, or like it's like a three D printer setup. Then they have another setup, and it's like a like sort of like a, a car wash, but for minis. And it's like, and like I, I
2: really don't know. know. Um, my suspicion is they might be you know printing in like colored resins or something. But I I, I honestly Ooh, have no clue.
1: That's that's I didn't even think about that off the off the cuff. That's actually yeah possibly. That's.
2: But I, I'm I'm speaking of, ways of total ignorance on this. I probably could do three minutes of research and get an answer for it, but uh, I
1: haven't. We but could I look it up. Yes. Yeah. If we're like, right here on a computer. <laughs> And stuff, but that would that would that might ruin the flow of us just, I guess, just stumbling around in the dark on it, and it's always more fun. This is what life was like before the World Wide Web, children. And for those of you under the age of thirty, um, I guess, or forty, maybe, um, before the days of the World Wide Web, you had BBSs, and you would ask questions, and you don't know what kind of answer you're getting. There was no search engines. It was a wild time of guesswork. And so you would rely on your friends at the coffee shop. And the one that sounded the most official, that was the person that was correct. They were your. Or women. at least the loudest. Yeah, or the loudest. Yes, yes. And it's like, uh, that's, that's yeah, that's your Wikipedia with some guy at Perkins or, or gal <laughs> or someone, you know, anyone at Perkins. It's just telling you, like, yes. And, that's, and that is how the horse heresy began. And you're like, oh, okay. And uh, you had no idea. So <laughs> I like the now times better, honestly. <laughs> really yeah. Bad, just look it up um so yeah that's um uh, well
2: but yeah i think fine. that's that, that's where i'm coming from as far as horus heresy mm-hmm. stuff um that, that's my armies and stuff so needless to say i was i was very excited about siege of cithoni because it is a very sons of horus uh centered book
1: mm-hmm. um indeed which is
2: great because one, of, one of my gripes with the horus heresy novels um at least as far as book 35 is that after the first couple of books the sons of horus largely disappear from the books for a good long time until um uh, something vengeance. Book twenty nine or thirty, they show up again and are quite cool. But there's a there's a long, long period where like they're basically off camera, and uh, I was very excited. The Sons of, of Catoni has a bunch of great Sons of Horus action.
1: That's great. Like, well, I mean, it, it's weird because you would think, I mean, if you're like, say, completely noob to this kind of stuff, you would think the Sons of Horus, uh, in the Horus Heresy, would be a major. Focus for many of the books, if not all of them, like it be very confusing. It's like I've never read anything Warhammer before, and they read H- Horus Heresy, and they're like, "Where's all the horror stuff?" Um yeah. And and that's I, I also like like I was like super happy about uh, Siege of Chthonia coming out because not just because of Sons of Horus, who you know I find I, I find fascinating things about every legion. Yes, even Iron Hands. I, I like yes, Iron hands quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, and I remember I remember the Iron Hands like when they were like listed in. A rogue Trader, like the, the, yeah. the cybernetic Marines, hell yeah. And um so anyway, um I love every at, I, I, I even the word bearers, I like pretty much all of them for various different reasons. And 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 I just really love the fact that it's 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 a focus on the Sons of Horrors finally, and it's considered by many, if not everyone, to be a throwaway battle. Like it's 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 not Stalingrad. It's it's like people fighting in the Dutch islands in the final days of World War II after right. Germany yeah, surrendered. I suppose
2: you should probably give us spoiler warnings. I don't think we can really discuss this book in any kind of depth without. Oh yes, yes. A spoiler. So if you if you haven't read Siege of Chthonia, and you would like to preserve the uh, the narrative for yourself, uh, don't listen to this episode.
1: Absolutely, because we're going to dive into a bit of it. Like it's, a, I mean. We would need to be here for two or three hours straight discussing every detail, but we are definitely going to enter spoiler territory. Um, so, if yeah, like like Simon said, if you want it to be like a, a, an amazing, not just an Age of Darkness, an Age of Discovery, then yeah, you want to stop listening to us right now. And come back later and see if you agree with what we're saying or enjoy our thoughts on it. I suppose.
2: Um, but yeah, you touched on something that I really wanted to talk about this book. The thing, that, the thing that I love about the narrative in this book so much. Is is that um, it isn't full of big-name characters, right? Like, there's no Primarchs involved, more or less, um, with one notable exception at the very end. But um, by and large, the story itself, it isn't driven by by big characters with, you know, lengthy pedigrees. It's it's mostly about this handful of new characters they've introduced who we're hearing about for the first time for the most part. Um, And it's kind of this micro-look at this ultimately very futile battle in the Horus Heresy, which I think is great, because, you know, it, it... there's all this talk about, you know, like the universe is, you know, being destroyed, et cetera. But you know, there's all these heroic battles that are the focus of many of the novels, which makes sense. But like, this is sort of a secondary look at, you know, what does the rest of the world look like? That isn't just the siege of terror or the, these main conflicts, right? Um, well, I think it's pretty cool. I,
1: I think it's awesome. Like being being the guy who, I'm an excellent bartender. But that's why I have a degree in history um, or something like that. And mm-hmm. I I really, and I grew up in Germany. So I, I, I think the whole like it really reminds me a lot of like like i was saying just before about the last days of the european theater of world war ii where germany you know like like the <clears throat> the the everyone, mr adolf like you know kills himself and then there's they're still fighting and then like was it may 8th 1945 they surrender the germans surrender under dennitz but they are still fighting they are still fighting amongst. Germans and Soviets and, and Germans like full battles, full battles and at that point yeah. there was no point there was no fucking point to keep fighting and they kept fighting And I, a couple of guys in my, well he was one guy in a neighboring village and a guy in our village actually fought in one of these like futile battles, just, there was just no point to it, why are you fighting um, and, and, and I guess um, I suppose it also should be explained if you are listening to this and you know want us to spoil it and what is the siege of Cithonia like from a newbie like, or just not very really familiar with this kind of thing, uh, this particular thing? Like, basically, in a nutshell, and I'm sure Simon's going to cringe at this. In a nutshell, all the forces are are currently sieging Terra, Earth. They're 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 fighting uh, for the Imperial Palace, and that's like concludes Horus himself. Big climactic battle, right? That's right, and and a um, what were they called the. Uh, ah, the, like, not defenders of, Hor- uh, of Chthonia, but they're a, a faction of the Sons of Horus break off, and other, other dudes like break off from the fleet heading to Terra and may go to Chthonia, which is the homeworld of Horus. And in the Imperial Fists, a Loyalist uh, legion holds Chthonia, and so they're going to reclaim Chthonia for honor. So it's just a big, giant honor... Uh, slaughterhouse and that's the that's the siege of Cathonia. I think I nailed that okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the broad strokes. The, the yeah, very broad strokes. what I really like about it though, right, which is that, you know um Cithonia, it's it's very close to the soul system in the in the as far as the the universe goes. But it's it's not very it's not really a very important place strategically, right? It's already been kind of mined out, there isn't oil that much left of its its mineral resources. Um to the point where, you know, Horus, even though it's his home planet, just kind of abandoned it very early on in the Horus Heresy it was like, I don't give a shit about that place. Yep. and left and the Imperial fist showed up because it was relatively close to to Terra, so they were like well we can't just you know, not take it so they, they take it over and you know they they, they beat the crap out of the, the small garrison of sons of Horus who are left who retreat into the catacombs um, and the the but the guy that the guy that Dorn and the emperor put in charge of Chthonia is kind of like Dorn's failsa right like he's this this not particularly well accomplished largely disliked Imperial Fist Commander, who's basically exiled there because nobody wants to have him around on Terra, and mm-hmm. like he views the whole place as his chance to like redeem himself. But it's 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 a crap posting, right? There's no honor to be had here. It's just you know minding the the, the store well while everybody else is away.
1: Backwater um, garrison. Yeah. yeah,
2: and like he's he's a tyrant. He's a he's you know he's a real asshole. Uh, mm-hmm. And maybe yeah, his job, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, right. Um, which is interesting because you know typically whenever we see the loyalists, they're always like you know the the real. Um, you know, accomplished um, you know, heroes, and he's this guy is you know at best an anti-hero, and even that's questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the the sons of Horus who are who are going there um, to take it back, they're they're led by these guys who are they call themselves the true sons.
1: True sons are, of Horus, that's right.
2: Yeah. Right, and they're largely sons of Horus who are not from Chthonia. right? They they've recently been inducted into the Sons of Horus, and they all have these huge feelings of inadequacy that they're not up to snuff. So like their whole thing is like we're gonna go we're gonna go take back Chthonia and that'll show Dad we're real boys.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's basically.
2: And like, there's also sort of the subplot where like some of these guys they're not all that keen about all of the weird like chaos stuff that's starting to happen in the Sons of Horus, right? Like, you know, they signed on for a a galactic civil war, but they aren't necessarily all about this you know demon worshipping that's happening all of a sudden, and um, and genocide in general, you know, bad news. So uh, you know, while these guys are still sons of Horus, and ultimately they're they're traitors, in a lot of ways, I found them to be more relatable characters than the, the Imperial Fists under Garius.
1: Yeah, that that I, I I completely agree. Like the the, the it, it's a nice piece of writing, and in my as well as reading the book and um, watching a couple other takes on it, it's not really mentioned. Like I haven't seen it mentioned. Um, it is I mean I'm sure someone has mentioned it because YouTube's a big place, the internet's a big place, but like i really loved like the garius's um he's a cad? he's he's just this shitty autocrat that that he got backwatered because he deserved it and this is also yeah. back when when space marines uh weren't as like indoctrinated like they still had like hobbies and stuff like their whole day wasn't like spent just meditating and you know thinking about being a space marine or in a star days and <laughs> right. they 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 were really um Th- th- these guys they might actually like do wood carving or do some song or whatever so they, right, they were right. more like they had more they were they were transhuman they were like different than humans but they still has a lot of human traits so Gary is, he's, like, has, he's, he's just a douchebag he's just like you know and he got like these sons of Horus who are um, I think many of them are inducti right like so which will right. probably dive we, should, in we should talk about work. that
2: real quick about the inducti yeah, 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 yeah. that's, that's that's a new concept that's been uh, introduced in the book both in the fiction and the rules yes. and that's um squads of low-level space marines who've been inducted late in the Horus heresy, basically to fill the ranks because, you know, the veterans are dying. Um, yeah. So, rules-wise, they tend to get some slightly different stats than, like, a normal tactical or despoiler squad. squad. Um, but, yeah, as you were saying, the Sons of Horus inducted here. The, they're the ones who are really pushing this because they're all, they're all new, and they've kind of, you know, adopted the, the trappings of Chthonian gang culture because that's big in the Sons of Horus, but, like, they don't actually have a personal connection to it. It makes them feel, um, you know, really inadequate, right? Like...
1: You know. I I find them more relatable. Like you were yeah. saying, like you know, like they're way more relatable. Like the the quote unquote bad guys, I'm making little finger quotes. Um, the quote unquote bad guys. I mean, they aren't the bad guys. Let's face it. But like the they, they're the ones that you're like, they're yeah, they're, they're they. It's futile. Like why are they even doing this?
2: And it should be that they're only being allowed to do this because Horace is convinced he's got the siege of Terror wrapped up. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's, he's like, like yeah. I got this. I can I can lose a couple. Um, Tens of thousands of space marines. Who cares? Yeah, guys, go do your thing. It'll be nice. Whatever keeps you busy. Like, That's right. Like, Hor- like, Horus <laughs> heresy,
1: more like hubris heresy. Yeah. Like...
2: <laughs> but yeah, nobody who isn't at the Siege of Chthonia cares about the Siege of Chthonia.
1: No. Nope. And nobody and cares like, about it outside of it either.
2: So. Yeah, and in fact, actually, we are getting a little ahead of ourselves because it, as the timing of it is that Horus hasn't gotten to Terra yet at the yes. beginning of it. Like, it's, it's sort of a splinter feat on the way to Terra that gets split off. And when, when they find out that Horus has besieged terror, that's like a big moment in the narrative. Um, yes, of that's correct. Yeah. Because everybody there is suddenly has this moment of like, oh, maybe I should be there. Right? Like, you know, that is where the actual important stuff FOMO. is happening. But instead, I'm on this, this shit planet.
1: Yeah, it's all like FOMO, and they really do a job of showing that. like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we totally, we chose wrong. We've not chosen wisely, but, yeah. Some so FOMO. here we, we are. are you? When you want to be on the siege of terra? Although, I wouldn't want to be on the siege of terra, that sounds like a nightmare. Um, you know, but but you know, not like, yeah, a no, uh, I mean.
2: I am happy to not be in any of these battles.
1: That's what I was gonna say. Like, I, I'm happy to just you know, just be on the yeah, they're tiny plastic men's end, so
2: yeah, that's that's just fine with me. Yep, uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was great. You know, they, they always really said these they said this sort of relatively it's it's a it's a battle for the fate of a planet, but as far as the Horus heresy goes, it's very low stakes, and um, yes. In, the, in in this kind of storytelling I think low stake stuff is often the most interesting because it lets you really explore a corner of the universe without having to worry about what's happening through big meta plot
1: yeah yeah exactly it's um it, it it's like I, I gotta say it again I'm gonna quit talking about this observation after this but the um, just because it's just like driving in the ground but I can tell like I don't know if it was subconscious if it was intentional from the writers on this I'd love to talk to a couple of them um, but like it, once again it reminds me of the last days of World War II you have like veteran units you have these like older dudes and, and women that are fighting like futilely for, for Germany and then you have these new like, like 13, 14, 15 year old kids fighting yeah. alongside them like those would be the inducti and and it's a, it's a mess and and that's basically a, to sum it up like the, what I got is the Chthonia, Caesar Chthonia is a is a mess I mean not the book I mean like the being, the just seems, yeah. I, I find it actually, and I don't want to, I don't want to piss anyone's like uh, Cheerios here, but I actually find it more interesting than in the Siege of Terra, um, which is the Siege of Terra is very interesting, of course. It's way more, it's larger and more epic and more grand and, and bloodier, etc. I just find, I just find this kind of stuff to be just like that's my that's my cupa. That's that's oh. what I like.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you. Like, and this is this is gonna, this is gonna, I'm sure no but I find the Primarchs to be the least interesting part of the of Hor- Chorus Heresy.
1: Oh, except for it, well, Jagged Eye Con, I will give him an exception, but like, yes. Oh, the,
2: okay, no, the, the, the primarchs do cool stuff for sure, but do. like, I, I'd rather read about like, you know, some nameless, you know, grunt space marines doing the job than, than, you know, read about Corax or, you know, whoever it getting, having another duel.
1: Absolutely. One of my favorite games uh, or Warhammer 40k novels is 15 Hours. So that gives you an idea of like what I like to read and, and experience in this kind of game setting.
0: We interrupt this transmission for a much needed ad break.
1: The Galaxy and the Flames
2: podcast is brought to you in part by the Brushwilders Union. The Brushwilders Union is a community of like-minded miniatures painters encouraging one another in their craft. The Brushwilders Union gives you monthly support and encouragement to become the miniatures painter you want to be. Take the Union Pledge today at brushwildersunion.com. Now back to the
0: transmission.
2: The Emperor protects. For sure. Uh, but yeah, I think it's great. You know, it, it was cool that the, the focus is on Imperial Fists and Swans of Horus. I admit, I have a personal thing I really like about was When I was building my Sons of Horus force last year, um, you know, I always like to do a little bit of, of world building around any army I'm building. Um, you yeah. know, I'm a professional writer as well. I write for RPGs. Um, but, uh, Yeah, you do. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Or, yeah, you do. No.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I see what you did there. Yeah. I get it. Uh <laughs> but, uh, you know, in the little writing I wrote for my, my own Sons of Horus was that they were very much a, um, they're the 86th Company, the Sons of Aith, um, and their whole deal is that they're basically a bunch of Chthonians who uh, quietly murdered all the Terrans amongst their ranks very, very early on in the Heresy, maybe even a little bit before the Heresy really started. Um, they're a bunch of total bastards um, who are really disinterested in themselves, and you know have reverted to Chthonian gang culture very, very quickly. Um, and you know, in my write up, you know, they were they were at the siege of Terra, but as soon as Horus, uh, it was clear that Horus had lost, they just they just left. It was like, we're out, and probably went off to become some kind of horrible chaos war band mm-hmm. uh, until they met some probably nasty end a thousand or two thousand years later. Uh, but <laughs> all the Sunny material yeah. that I've kind of written up for them really really meshes very nicely with the stuff in Siege of Chthonia, which is just a very cool piece of um, you know uh, serendipity. So that was exciting for me, too.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like I, I will say if uh, if you're listening and you're know, like, should I get Siege of Chthonia? Like, well, it does, like, it does go over other other legions and shattered legions and, and et cetera. Um, it is mainly focused on the Imperial Fists and the Sons of Horus. Not that it can't, like, I found it very useful for, you know, I'm not in either one of those legions, but, like, no offense, because I do like both those legions, I'm just saying. It's um, <laughs> not enough night lords, man. But, like, yeah, so.
2: Oh, man. You're right, but actually that brings up two things I want to talk about really quick. Mm-hmm. One, um, that the Siege of does involve some other legions. You know, and there's these mm-hmm. great force um, does. Uh, breakdowns of the forces involved in, in, a, in a two-page spread. Um, so on the on the Loyalist side, you've got the Imperial Fists who are supported notably by a large contingent of Loyalist uh, Thousand Sons, which is super That's cool. correct.
1: That's super cool. I, my younger son was super excited about that because he's already flipped um, through the book.
2: And the Sisters of Silence were there to mind them. Yep. Uh yep. as well as a bunch of Iron Hands, um and Raven Guard. Uh, as well as Solar Auxilia um a few Titans that mostly die at the You're in the early stages of the siege but have a, a notable moment later on. Um mm-hmm. I think that's most of the uh the
1: the knight. there's some knights there too, I believe.
2: Oh and knight household. Veroni, I think is the uh, I think it's household. Verona. Yeah. And then on the uh trader side you've got the Sons of Horus, of course, uh who are supported by the Alpha Legion, and naturally a bunch of word bearers who were up to no good.
1: Um, and yeah, those as well as House
2: Atrax, uh, Chthonian Headhunter Militia, and um, that might be about it. Oh, and, and uh, a Titan, a Traitor Titan Legio, whose name escapes me at the moment.
1: I can't remember either, um, but I know what you're talking about, because I saw that in the book. Like, that there... Does he pop up at the end? There's like a big Titan fight. I remember. There's a bunch of Titan stuff at the beginning and the end, basically. Yeah. But, uh,
2: yeah, yeah she... Probably... Oh... Well, I like that they broke all that down like a two page, you know, uh, spread of you know all the belligerents in the fight, which is very cool. Uh, oh. oh, and Mechanicum on both sides, of course.
1: Yes, yes, yeah, you got the Mechanicum. And like I said, there is the solar auxilia, there's also uh traitor auxiliaries or or troops, like, you know. Uh,
2: I got it. It was on the uh Lo- Loyalists, you've got the uh, Legio for the Titan for Titans, and uh for the True Sun's invasion fleet, it was Legio and uh, Oh, Uh Legio Ulrican and Legio Magna.
1: Mm. So yeah, well, you could uh, actually yeah. do some. Uh, you could do some Adeptus Titanicus conversion for this as well.
2: Oh, straight up, it'd be very easy to do that. Like they, 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 they kind of like. There's a page or two that kind of <laughs> models what the Titan battles right. are like. So it'd be you could definitely. I've, I've thought about that, but I have on it. I don't need another project. I don't need to start another Titan Legio <laughs> right now. Uh, but uh, so there's that. But the secondary part that I really appreciate about the book was that. Well, in the past, most of the um, the black books for Horus Heresy, the big campaign books they put out in the first edition, kind of focused on the early stages of the heresy. This is the first time they've really done a big focus on, the, on the, the later days of the Horus Heresy. Yeah, And I appreciated that the first part of the book before they even get to the Siege of Chthonia is maybe 20 pages kind of talking about the state of the universe by like the second half of the Horus Heresy, what the various legions are up to, um, you know, what's going on. It kind of sets the bigger stage for everything before it's they nice dive of... deep into the Siege of Chthonia.
1: Absolutely, it's a very nicely laid out timeline. Like you can just like zip through it and go, "Aha, this is where we are now." And um I, I really appreciate that at the beginning, just so you can get kind of a handle. I'm definitely a mid to late heresy kind of guy, so I really like that. Yeah, I'm honestly I'm, I'm kind of
2: relieved, as cool as early heresy is. We, we just we don't need another book about the drop site massacre. We just don't.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, how much Istvan do we need? Like, like uh, it, it the, the, like it's 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 been. It's been done to death um I mean I, I'm always happy to see more stuff on it but it's you know
2: sure but I, I we, we don't need another giant 250 page book about it we just don't mm-hmm.
1: no um. I mean I I, I assume that they're gonna make more uh books that are like we'll cover that that were the, the black the earlier as they're they called the black books like they're going to Redo those in the newer. I don't formats. think so. That there was,
2: there was. They were asked about that at um, one of the the events last oh. year, and they were basically like, you know, we don't, we're not going to rehash that territory.
1: Oh, so it's already been. That's great. Okay.
2: Yeah. So those I mean, books I, are you great.
1: know, I love them, but.
2: I wouldn't be shocked if you know if we don't see a scenario here and there for the new edition. But I, I you know, I, I think any. It sounds like any further books that get released are going to be like Seach of the Chthonian focusing on later events after that.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. No. That's. um I would, I would just off, off hand, like, I, I would also love to see. I mean, not necessarily a book. I understand if they don't want to waste resources on it, but it's like like directly a book covering directly the, like, the, after the Siege of Terror, like the after aftermath. And the harrowing, I think that's what that era is called. The harrowing, yes. The harrowing. Yeah. Or the scouring. Um, the scouring, that's the word for it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, that's where, in, in, in where everyone's fleeing in the Eye of Terror and all, or Eye of Terror and all of these different, uh, you know, war bands and everyone chasing after them. Everyone's all locked up and tired and like you know that's i'm like that's my jam i love that i love that stuff yeah I I, 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 I I bet
2: we're gonna see that eventually but i think we may have to wait a minute it's like there's a lot of heresy to cover between now and then
1: well yeah it's not important like or they can make it like a web like talk about a little bit but like it's not and i don't even think they've they've released that the one of the final books of the horrors heresy um but we're still waiting on, like, the final, final book, right? Like, the second part of that? The um...
2: uh, Yeah, I think they just they just showed that off recently, the cover at least. So I, I guess that's coming. I've, I've got, you know, another 30 books to read. So I'm getting yeah, there. yeah, Yeah, yeah.
1: I might jump ahead and just read the final, like, final books. Because I'm like, yeah. I mean, I like reading and everything. But I'm like, holy cow. That's like, I'm rereading old Warhammer books. I've been reading like, the Brunner the Bounty Hunter books. <laughs> <And> oh, <No, laughs> really? Like, yeah, like, I'm like, let's oh, cool. call it. And uh, um, I'm like, wow and that's that's uh i won't complain about the prices i'm like i know paying like 50 bucks for for an ebook yeah. is weird <laughs> like yeah. so um but yeah so that's uh like I, I i i'm excited to see what they do next but you know back to chthonia um i do like like uh, what did you think of? okay so compared to the old books what do you think of the new layout because this is a new new layout for them. I think it's great. I think
2: it's a little cleaner. Um, yeah. I like the way they integrate the uh, the small battle maps as uh, as graphic spacers.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I think that's really immersive. Very cool. Uh, the writing feels up to par. Uh, feels very very polished to me. So you know, uh, I've only read maybe three of the original Black Books. Um, I wasn't really playing horror seriously very seriously back then. But it seems yeah. like it. It feels like it's up par. It feels like a worthy successor to them. The photography is great. I think the book quality is good. I like the design. The layout seems pretty smart to me. Um, you know, my perpetual issue with any Games Workshop product is that they don't like to do indexes or indices. Yeah, um, they did that on the court on the Horus Heresy core rule book and the uh, the the uh, traitor in um, the army list books, and God bless them for it. But they I, clearly that was going to be an, an anomaly. So uh, we're back to having to find things to do both contents.
1: Well, that that's the thing. Is like I I I mean, like, um. If anybody the Games Workshop ever hears this, um, I implore you, I, and, and my, my job is I'm an editor um, copywriter. I, I do indexes and I've done that, all that kind of stuff. And I implore you, if you're not going to do an index Games Workshop, please, for the love of all the dark gods, provide a free e-copy of the book that you can search through like with Control F. Like, like it's if you got these like 200, 300 page books and an index is amazing, and like, for instance, if you purchase this, this uh, Siege of Cthonia book, um, you don't get a, an ebook, right? So it, it, like, you know, I understand, like I like flipping through the physical books myself, um, but I have to, if I want to find something, the table of contents kind of gives you an idea, but you still have to flip through those areas of the table, like where the, where the table of contents leads you to. You have to flip through them and lot lot of page flipping and stuff like that. Index, you can just flip to the index, go to the index. There you go, there's a page number or in an eco e-version um instead you got to buy the e-version which is like 50 bucks it's like in canadian it's much i'm in canada by the way listener um and this is technically an international
2: podcast because i'm in tacoma washington we're we're almost 100 miles apart
1: i'm in i'm in victoria bc i did move yeah. to victoria <laughs> from from seattle but like yeah i, I live in victoria British columbia um so yeah, like like I am not going to buy like a $70 book, I don't know what it is in the states, but like a $70 or $80 hardback book. Think, yeah. Yeah, and then and then, which is a pretty good price for a book like this, by the way. 60 yeah, US, absolutely. that's that's badass. And but then I also spend like $48 on a PDF. <laughs> like yeah, like no, it's, uh, it's, no it's, offense it's games book. workshop, but fuck that. So yeah. <laughs> so like it, it's like, you know, it's a, it's and like you were saying, it's a it's a really well-done book, like I know some people have complained about it, like it's not as cool, uh, like same layout as the old books. And I'll agree to that to an extent, but I do like the streamlined, very welcoming format that they put in. They've uncompressed everything. So basically like, yeah, sure, you could compress this into 120 pages, no problem. But then it would just be nothing but text. Um, And and I do like that uncompressed style, right? So I can see that the images and it it makes it me, also it makes me feel smarter because I can read through it faster. And, uh-huh. and, and, but, I, I, but all the images, because that's a huge component of the hobby, and, and all the rule books and etc. is, is of course, all the miniatures, the, the artwork. I, I do think it could have had, like, the cool artwork more spread out throughout the book. But I do like their. I used to hate the whole like taking pictures of miniatures and making them into like art. Um, but I think they really they did, they did a good job on that here. So.
2: Yeah, it's a it's good looking book, well it's well produced. I, I, I run a small publishing company, that's another thing I do. Um, so this this is a, it's a good quality product as far as like the, the print, the hardcover seems good, it doesn't break it apart. Um,
1: and I just think it looks good. Yeah, it comes with a nice little bookmark, which is cool. Yep. My cats have already chewed on it. They, <laughs> it has to sit inside the book now, because they they got to really they gotta eat that thing, man. Like, oh. So it's a good cat toy, so excellent job G-Dub. It's a, it's a bookmark. But like yeah, it's uh I, I would also say in the the binding is a little definitely not rogue trader era binding, which is no, it is like. but it is a little like like my, my cover pops up uh, from opening it once, but it's, it seems pretty strong because I checked the binding and you know because I always am curious about like that that aspect of these books. Sure. You're gonna be hauling it around and stuff.
2: But yeah. A, yeah. No, it's it's, it's, it's a nice saddle nice stitch cool book. Uh. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but back to the contents, which I think is people back yes, interested course. In. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, um, I mean, we like, even like this, like, yeah. Uh, I,
2: thought the, I thought the writing was very good. My one quibble um, is at the end, you know, they, they've written this pretty good story about the futility of war um, and the, the hubris of all these characters. And I think the, the Sons of Horus characters actually have a pretty good arc in it, right? Where, like, you know, um, they and one of the lower-ranking Imperial Fist guys end up kind of, like, realizing they're all Chthonians. And, uh, you know, the, the, the recently inducted ones, they're not Chthonians, but, like, you know, it, it, it's a good moment. I won't get too much further into it. Um, but, like, Garius yeah. and Varen and, you know, these, these two top guys who have fought this sort of very personal and kind of pointless vendetta um, that results in, you know, the destruction of... the actually, that <laughs> regardless of their own personal wishes, the planet is destroyed around them because Lionel Johnson, the Dark Darkinel, shows up and are like, I'm just going to blow this all up. Yep. Um, which is what you all should have done in the first place. He's just he's throwing Imperial fists as easily as he is killing... Uh, Sons of Horus in the process, right? Um, which he, he's—it's a, a very overt Deus Ex Machina, but I think it serves a good point where you know they, they've all fought this battle for, for literally nothing because at the end of the day, the Dark Angels are just going to blow the place up because that's what they're running around the galaxy doing—blowing up um, traitor worlds. Right. Um, but I was slightly disappointed that the two main characters uh, don't die on the planet, which I feel like would have been the the most poetic end to their to their arcs
1: yeah like if they died on the planet or were, were killed by the, the like you know like they made a decision to duel or fight each other and then and then they're killed by an orbital bombardment
2: yeah i kind of that that like that, that the end of gangs of new york right yeah yeah that, that's that's the scene i was picturing and you know i it, i don't think it's bad um i get why they do it there's some interesting stuff that kind of lays the groundwork for you know Um, I forget the lower-ranking Imperial Fist guy, but it's implied that he may have run off with some of the Sons of Horus, who may have, you know, sort of surreptitiously joined the Imperial Fists later on, um, Mm -hmm. which is interesting stuff, right? Um, And so on and so forth. But if if it was up to me, I would have had those two guys either, you know, kill each other in the duel, or preferably I would have had them just die in the the destruction of the world.
1: Um, Yeah, yeah.
2: I think that underlines the themes that they were talking about in in this book the most. But at the end of the day, that's also really depressing. Um... Which is maybe not what we're here to do in *Warhammer: The Horus Heresy*. It is. I mean,
1: to be fair, it's a pretty grim, dark, depressing, uh, like, like I guess milieu of 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 this particular. You're not wrong. Yeah, it. it, I will say though, I did. I you mentioned it. Like, um, I was gonna mention it, and I'm glad you mentioned it. It was the the fact that there are chthonians in the imperial fists and because yeah, they've been garrisoned there for like five years yeah yeah so they're gonna they're, they have inducti that are yeah that are that are that are chthonians and it's just so seeing like inducti imperial fist join the sons of horus um and then you wonder if they're gonna continue to call themselves the Sons of horus or if they're gonna call themselves probably another warband or like if they're, maybe they're running around in their old sons of horus armor like thousands of years in the future
2: right and and the implication that some of those sons of horus those true sons may have like ended up kind of hooking up with the imperial fists in the chaos of the evacuation right
1: right right and then they are their war is over yeah that's and actually as as a as a black shields aficionado i always wonder like what will happen to all these black shields that just don't want to rejoin the imperium Do they just just fly off to do shit like where where are they and yeah of course my own in my own life head fluff i i have my own little story for that but like that's i always find that very i just love those little stories and i really enjoy like how they like i don't think i don't think the writers of this book get enough credit from people so far uh, about how well crafted the story is like yeah. it's, it's really good it's really good i want to read this novel like i want to read it now It's
2: genuinely good game writing
1: is there, is, I mean, is there a Horace Heresy? I mean, unless I missed it, like, there might be a Horace Heresy novel? Like, I don't know the last 15 so years. So,
2: there isn't, and I haven't read it, but when the when Age of Darkness came out last summer, they released a hardcover compilation of short stories called, um, uh, uh... Chthonia's Reckoning, which I mm. think is set, um, all in and around the Siege of Chthonia.
1: Okay. I'll so, actually, you know,
2: I, I'm actually going to pick that up sooner than later and read that, because I think it'll be interesting to, like, check that out.
1: Absolutely, because it's, 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 it's a fantastic like... Like it's not, some of the stuff like you can tell like when you're with Warhammer 40k or 30k or any Warhammer product, um, you you can see like you know sometimes it's just like pew 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 and, and it's just dudes fighting each other, and I really like when they take the make the extra effort about like like war is futile this is all futile and and it's this is the this is the the stakes are literally just meat made from people like that's like the, the their yeah. stakes they're human stakes and then it, it's. It's truly grimdark. It's it's just like it's it's like I, I I wouldn't call it a happy ending in this book in in Caesar Catonia, but I would say that it's certainly happier than I expected.
2: Um, well, for those two characters, right? pretty much everybody else dies,
1: pretty much everybody else dies, like, like all those right, all
2: those, those sons, thousand sons, pfft, gone right. Like, did you enjoy
1: Rogue? Bad. Did you enjoy Rogue One? Well, do we, we have a campaign book for you?
2: Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, again, my, that's my one quibble with the narrative. It's very, very minor. Um, you know, I, if it was, if I was the head writer, which obviously I am not, I would have, I would have taken a slightly different direction to the end. Um, but the way it did end does set up does some interesting stuff to think about. Um, I hope it isn't explored. You know, I think one of, part of the value of these big campaign books is setting up things for you to come up with your own endings for in your head. And uh, if they never write any more about those characters, I will be perfectly satisfied because I think it's more interesting for me to think about what they're up to than to be told.
1: Absolutely. That's the other thing I I enjoyed about this, uh, the way it's laid out. And of course, a lot of campaign books are like this, but it's detailed, but it's not overly detailed. They leave a lot to your imagination, what you can throw in there and your ideas. And I suppose that's the upside of something that's not the Siege of Terra, where they're going to have to like every excruciating detail needs to be, you know, laid out for and splayed for like deep nerds to, to go over every trivial detail Whereas this, it's like, and yeah, sure. Like, what happened to these particular guys? What, 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 what about your guys? What's going on? What's going on with your, your little green Um, and, and allowing you to, it, it had. I'm not gonna say it's like Rogue Trader type stuff, but it had this kind of gave me that vibe of like Rogue Trader Second Edition in that respect. So, um, so yeah. what I what it I really
2: like about this book is it does everything I want out of a um, wargaming campaign book, and that's that it it gives me. A whole bunch of setting material, um, and lets me approach the material because it's a science fiction game in the way that I would approach a, a, an historical miniatures game. Where mm-hmm. it's told me a whole bunch of stuff about the force dispositions. Um, it's given me color plates of their of their uh, armor uh, heraldry and livery, like the the ice um, They have different colors and such that they they wear different logos and so forth. You get to see that. So if I want to get decals made for it or paint them, that's, it's it's all right there for me. Um, and it tells me about the nature of the battlefield that, th- that this campaign is played upon in pretty great detail. And I actually think this is a place where, accepting the stuff like the Hep- the Istvan books, which I think is the first three black books, um, mm-hmm. but say, compared to like the Thremus Crusade book, um, I think it excels that because it's a narrow focus on one world, and I've got a really good idea of what that place looks like if I want to build terrain for it. Um, which in fact, you know, me and some friends were going to get together and do the Siege of Chthonia um, mm-hmm. in some kind of fashion. And oh, it, really, it awesome. really builds a picture it really paints a picture of what that world looks like um, and gives me not just the the setting material to do it and the information about it but but imagery for it and then also critically of course it gives me campaign rules to do it with which is kind of the second half of the book we can talk about
1: yes absolutely That's. Um, I, I was going to say you also mentioned the livery, um, or library it, it's um, uh, those pages like my, my partner saw those and she was like those are really like basically thought they were kind of simplistic looking and they and i'm like oh man this reminds me of do you remember the old coffee table book codex astartes oh yeah right like it's not an art book it's a it's like basically a giant oversized osprey military book that's (laughs)
2: exactly what it is that's that's precisely what it is it's an osprey book right like that thing isn't there for you to go look how cool this is it's for me to go this is how i'm going to paint the squad to match the force in this game right like i want to i want to do a couple big units of sons of horus inductee, inductee for this campaign and now I, mean, I know what their logos look like, and I, you know, and I, I you know, obviously I could have, I could have come with all that myself, and I'd done something cool. But it's, it makes me feel like I'm playing that historical aspect of it, right? And I, yeah, I like, like historical gaming. Man. I'm, like, oh, I'm about to do a whole bunch of English Civil War
1: uh, with a buddy this summer. Oh, duh, I wish I could be there. I mean, I. In twelve I millimeter. Love, yeah. Twelve mil, nice. I like. I like yeah. Fifteen mil. That that's like. Uh, I love English Civil War. I have a bunch of. Um, uh, Warlord Pike and Shot dudes. And- oh,
2: it's 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 Warlord's twelve millimeter game. Ah, um, oh, nice. Yeah, they just released it earlier this year, so we'll be using Pike and Shot just playing it into that scale.
1: Nice, very cool. Like that's I, I often use like a fun tip for you guys, for y'all into uh, Warhammer Fantasy. Pike and Shot guys are great for minis, yeah, and those, like, RPGs and stuff like that. But yeah, you know,
2: like you were saying, I I just I actually just ordered a book, an illustrated history of the English Civil War that's just full of color plates of the uniforms and stuff, and that's gonna be my my, my painting references. And I love that the Siege of Cathonia and often the older black books and stuff give you those color plates to kind of let you take that, make it feel like you're playing an historical game and ground your you and your friends can all be like, well, I'm gonna paint this regiment, and I'm gonna paint these inducti and you know, oh, you're gonna paint the word bearers of this host, and you know, somebody else can play the, the the loyalist thousand sons and stuff, and it's a great way to have a big group project and like you know, build some custom terrain and stuff like that
1: oh absolutely like and, it, and it, it does have like also a field manual kind of aspect to it as well that i really enjoy mm-hmm. for immer- immersion purposes so yeah yeah it was really um that that's the thing if you you are looking for something it's like very um like not not just like flowery prose but also cut and dry like at the same time that those sections of the book are great like like there is no there are no questions in that sense you're like you're you can interpret that directly from the page, and mm-hmm. I enjoy that aspect of it. So, um, and that's the other thing too about about Horus Heresy that I love. It's like, do you like 40k? Do you like military wargaming? Boy, do we have a game for you!
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, it's funny. People are. I think one of the things I have to hear people talk about is like, oh, I wish there were Xenos in the Horus Heresy, and I'm like, I don't. I just, I don't care. Like, if they put an expansion book that adds Orcs and Eldar, that's fine, but, like, that's not what I'm here to play.
1: Well, I do think they would make a fun, like, harrying force, like, uh, I keep going back to the old days, but you could do it in new games, too, I suppose, but, you know, like, you're playing, you got your factions, and then somebody, like, the, the referee, because back in the old days, kids, we had a referee for these games, a game master. We do sometimes. Yeah, Just yeah, usually. Back for like, tourists. I think that's great. Like, and then you, and then they would, in order for the ref to have something to do, you'd be like the ambles. Yeah. Plural. Mm-hmm. That sucked. Um, or, or it was like Eldar pirates show up. Like you got sure. orcs and Marines fighting each other and the Eldar pirates show up and they're like, they just screw everything up for everybody because you know, no right. plan survives contact with the enemy, especially when another enemy shows up. And, and so that like, I can see like Xenos alien, you know, like non-human Factions. Yeah, I mean, there's
2: there's a place for it, sure. Um, but I'm, I'm not like I don't want to. I don't actually. I actually don't want to play Warhammer Thirty Thousand. I want yep. I want to play the Horus Heresy. That's set for right. Warhammer Thirty Thousand. But I'm not looking to have like the thirty k versions of all of those various factions. Like I'm, right. I'm perfectly happy if this game remains ninety percent Space Marines.
1: And 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 to be fair, most of those Xeno's races have been great crusaded like they're 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 kind of like like they don't want to show up like you know if you're you're like an eldar right and you're like hanging out and the horse heresy is going on and you're aware of it because who isn't would you want to show up and and like you know do some shit around these guys who just spent an entire like 200 years just wiping out entire species who are, technolo- who are as technologically advanced as perhaps you are as an Eldar, or, or yeah. sorry, Eldari. I mean, yeah, that's that's not, like, I'd be and like... About, about, I,
2: I like, love Xeno stuff. Like, you know, I'm, I'm working on a Beel 10 uh, oh, Craft World Army for 40k right now. That's been my 10th nice. edition army. Um, I, I love all that Dang stuff, yeah. but, like, yeah. I, if Dang. I want to play this stuff, that's what 40k's there for. I don't, I don't need it. I don't, I, I just don't need that shot. I like my peanut butter.
1: Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. Like, I, I mean, it'd be kind of fun to do an occasional, like, Xeno's thing, but... Sure. I can see why, like... Y- Go ahead and do that. Like it's your game, but like by, for as far as Games Workshop is concerned, focusing on marine hot marine on marine action. That is why we're there. We want the hot, I think hot action,
2: and I think that's the way it's going to be. The, yeah. the name of the game is Warhammer: The Horus Heresy, right? Like that is absolutely the focus of the game. You know, I think maybe we'll see orcs and elder at some point, but I I, I don't see any driving need to see them like become a big part of the game. And I doubt that we will
1: anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. I, I, of course, I'd love to see a Zote army show up, but that's not going to happen. Wouldn't we all? Yeah, right? Like, I have a Zote sitting here on my desk. I need to put them together. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big Zote fan. Um, but like, I mean, how can you not like lizard centaurs? Um, but yeah, it, it's, it is, ju- it is the horror's heresy. I mean, I know we're pontificating it a lot, but it's, it's uh, and also from a from a modeler's uh, point of view, you don't have to. Worry. I mean, aside from all the auxiliary units like non-marine, um, you can just have marines and marines on marines, and they people do. Like they're they most people, unfortunately for those who hate Space Marines, that's the Adeptus Astartes are the <laughs> that's the that's the primary selling point for Warhammer 40k and Horus Her- Heresy.
2: So. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard some some incredible number of several years ago that something like 60 or 70% of Games Workshop sales are Space Marine models and I'm like I'd I believe that.
1: Yeah they were I mean the, the design they are easy to paint. I remember in the old days when people like you know they would like what should I get into I'm like I don't know how to paint very well I'm like well you should take a look at Space Marines because they yeah. <laughs> they're, they're easy to paint like I mean compared to say like I don't know Chaos Dudes or sure. well, well it depends I guess if you were going for like Nurgle or Z it's not that hard to paint just flop it on but like but yeah like space marines are there's no facial features you can just have them all in helmets that's that's how i roll Um, uh why why do black shields well one of the reasons is because i can paint them black see how easy that is and and, (laughs) you know like i'm not the best painter so um i know all the techniques i just yeah i'm impatient but like so um so like as far as chthonia goes like the siege of um, what did you think of so they finally they finally codified because I know it's popped up like in white dwarf the zone mortalis
2: yeah i uh, I think it looks really really good you know zone mortalis I guess was a big part of the first edition of the game um, yes. which I never got the chance to play that format um, I only played a couple of games of the uh, the standard uh, horse heresy rule set um, but the expanded zone mortalis rules look fantastic to me um, it's really fun you know I, I thing that I really like about it is that it, it, you know you, you build your list, but then there's also the reinforcements points, which is, and um, you have to spend those to like bring guys onto the board later on. Um, mm-hmm. And it's actually you know if you're playing a larger game of Zone Mortals, it's possible that you actually won't have enough reinforcement points to get all of your guys on in the entire game. So you, it becomes a question of sort of a secondary currency that you're spending on like um, not just when do I want to bring my guys onto the board, but where because you can pay extra points to bring them in through, say your opponent's deployment zone or the side of the board and so forth depending on the mission. Um, and it looks really dynamic and really interesting to me um, and I'm excited to give that a try
1: yeah yeah I love I, the, you mentioned the reinforcements which is always a fun strategy aspect of the game like it, it's are my my, my reinforcements going to show up are they are they coming in like was it worth the point expenditure etc like having um and that's how actual military campaigns work they, like, usually right. everyone doesn't show up and line up and get ready for like a um, west side story marine battle you know oh, like grace. it's 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 people are coming in at different times and everything like that and um and that's the strat inner strategy involved as opposed to the tactics where you're you know as, as you know like you know like where you you're, the dudes are fighting each other with uh swords and bayonets and bolters like the yeah so i would have liked to seen i don't i don't think it's a Metalis thing but like i was always a big fan of point expenditure on like orbital bombardments and things like that but um, it was... Uh, yeah, and it's also kind of new to me because I'm not that familiar with First Ed. Um, but yeah. Also, sure. they changed some of the objective markers, I understand. We interrupt this transmission for a much-needed ad break. Hey, what's up? This is Brian. And this is Steve. And we do a show called Industrial Nerds. So, like, uh, join us while we cover a wide variety of uh, nerd topics. If you like... Front 242 puns mixed in with your Robotech talk. We know many podcasts offer that uh, service to you, but ours is, is the best. That's right, because we offer a myriad of industrial nonsense and nerd nonsense, because dead or alive, you're coming with us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now back to the transmission, death to the false emperor.
2: Yeah, well, there's two sets of, there's the Zomortalis rules, um, which look really good to me, uh, but they also introduced a new set of core missions for the standard game. Uh, yes which, uh, I'm actually hoping to be playing one of those tomorrow night for the first time, so maybe next time we talk I'll have a little more report back, but, uh, Oh, great. Yeah, they use progressive scoring for the objectives, which is, you know, sort of a more dynamic way of doing it. Um, there's, I, I guess, I guess the, there's complaints about the original core missions from the core book. I've played a lot of them, they seem fine to me, they're maybe not the most exciting missions, although I think Shatterstrike was a pretty cool one from the original core book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never found them to be like, these missions are bad and ruining the game for me, um... But the new ones, the new set, do look pretty interesting. Uh, more than a set of deployment zones available for those missions. Uh, but it seems fun, so I'm going to give it a shot. Me and my buddy Lars, he's bringing his Raven Guard over. We're going to play 3,000 points tomorrow night.
1: Nice. I love the Raven Guard. Um, I love them so much. Like, they're they are one of my favorite regions. Um, not just because I like ravens and crows and stuff, but... Uh-huh. But, like, uh, that, that's the thing. is One of the other, like... I guess a complaint I saw was is about the missions, right? And I think I think in this book they do a good job of selecting missions for everyone to play. Got to remember, they're they're you know there's a wide audience they have to appeal to, right? And I would sell someone who's like, oh, I don't like these missions, I don't want to do these missions. I'm like, hey, that's cool. You don't have to. You can make your own as well. Sure, there's plenty of stuff to work off of. It, you can create your own missions. In fact, I'm the kind of person that just throws it. I'm like, I just take an idea from all the different missions and cobble my own together with a with a friend. And we were like, we have fun. Um, it could be any kind of mission. It could just be like, get the bag of chips. You know, like whatever. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Is, is is It's because it's a war. You can do take uh, read some Osprey books and read um, about actual military historical uh, conflicts and what kind of objectives they had and throw that in there. Or maybe you're fighting over water. Maybe you're fighting over... Any number of things and that's your objective and then you can use some of the other missions as a as a template for that and that's right how i saw them as kind of like template missions like i don't expect a really crazy zany stuff
2: yeah although on, on that point there are two that they have the apex missions which I should, we should probably talk about the campaign system really oh quickly, yes at least. absolutely uh they introduced the, the first most. uh campaign system the onslaught campaign mm-hmm. um which is just a generic way to play horus heresy campaigns uh it's intended mostly for two players but you can play it as teams uh, it looks really simple, basically you play a game with your opponent and at the end of each game, uh, one of you, I think whoever wins the, the game, makes a roll on a table, and then uh, on a roll of six or better, um, you're going to play, your next, next game you play is going to be called the Decisive Battle, which is the end of the campaign, and uh, you know, I think, I think it might technically be possible to do that after the first game, it looks like typically you're going to play three or four games before you play that final mission. Um, and every time you win a game for your side, if you're part of a team, or if you just win the game, um, you get a modifier on that that post-game roll to see whether you go to the decisive battle. And then whoever wins the decisive battle wins the campaign. So it's a real quick and dirty... I shouldn't say quick and dirty, it's a, it's a solid little campaign system from what I can tell. Um, and it's meant to be used with those core missions, but you know... Uh, it, fr- it forms a basic framework, and then on top of that, they have two apex missions, specifically for Siege of Chthonia, which are based on uh, battles from the narrative described. One is kind of a drop, a uh, Sons of Horus drop zone gone horribly wrong for the Sons of Horus, mm-hmm. and then the second one is kind of meant to be the seg- the end battle, uh, where the uh, Iron- Imperial Fists are defending a, a garrison uh, against the uh, onslaught of Sons of Horus. So. Uh, which is all very thematic and very cool those are obviously meant to be they're not meant to be like necessarily the most balanced campaigns or scenarios i should say but they're meant to be thematic and it looks pretty fun to me
1: yeah they're excellent thematic campaigns and i was actually just looking at uh, refreshing my brain on the campaign stratagems that you can do like i know that you there's certain traits that you can attach to um your your warlords your your, your primary characters like and certain stratagems, etc., that you can do, where you—I don't know if it's a stratagem itself, but like for instance, you can have an extra turn after the final turn of the game to just attack, like to like a, a last stand kind of kind of thing. Yeah, so was pretty cool. I thought that was great. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, and there's there's a bunch of generic ones for the the old you know for if you and your buddy just want to make up your own campaign. Um, and then there's a page of Siege of chthonia specific ones. So it's like um, Underworld Nexus where you can. Uh, bring guys on through the the collapsed uh, tunnels underneath the battlefield, or Titan support, where you can uh, choose a Titan to support your list for a, a discount, or rather it doesn't it doesn't fill up uh, all of your points, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, if you have a Titan to play with. Um, so again, very flavorful stuff. Not necessarily there for balance, but uh, I don't play miniatures games to worry about balance for the most part, so that's fine by me.
1: Uh- yeah, it's well, that's the thing is like play balance. Yeah, i actually was, I'm looking at the core campaign stratagems like big guns never tire, force march, etc. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Is like um, uh, fun. Fun fact: War isn't fair, and I'm not saying you need to have like a you know a a a, a beat for beat remake of the Crimean War, but like you you certainly with um, and this is all fictional, but it's it's not it's it's always more satisfying if you're like the underdog or you know you're it's lopsided and it doesn't have to the, the, what we'd call thematic, as you said, thematic campaigns. And I find that to be much more interesting and much more fun. So
2: for me, you know, and don't get me wrong, I, I I enjoy a, a simple match play war game as much as the. Next oh, sure. Guy, you know, sure. My buddy, we're, we're going to play a simple 3000 point horror heresy game with a new scenario tomorrow. There, there won't be a lot of bells and whistles, because we're going to try out some of these new missions. But um, at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I like playing asymmetrical games where victory isn't necessarily winning the game, if that makes sense. Yeah, like yeah. talking about the Crimean War, right? If I was going to play the Charge of the Light Brigade, I don't want it to be fair for for the Lancers. No. Right. What's, no what's, what's the, what's, why play that if those guys also have machine guns, right? Like, yeah. if I know that at the end of the game they're going to lose, but maybe I have a goal to, like, get three of my Lancers, you know, a, make it all the way to the battery. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Right? And they die there, that's fine. Maybe I can still win the game, even though I lose the engagement, you know, because we all know that's how it happens. And That kind of stuff is way more interesting to me than in more gaming than playing a whole endless series of balanced scenarios.
1: Yeah, and also a nice riff on the Crimean War uh, reference. That's that's awesome. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, I have a whole book on the guy that um, led the charge of the Light Brigade.
2: Yeah, he was uh, really incompetent.
1: Yes, yes, he was, and it's a it's like a 400 page book. I think it's called The Mad Earl, if I remember correctly. But like, it's it's an yeah L- it, it,
2: it, excellent. Was it was it was that Elphinstone Bay?
1: It might have been. I got it on a shelf over here. No, <laughs> I
2: think Elphinstone Bay was like he he's the other he. Uh he's the one who uh led the British out of um Kabul through the Khyber Pass and, you know <laughs> uh lost God knows how many thousands of soldiers in the most useless way possible.
1: Um, I'm trying to remember it's um who was what was his name? Um Uh I'm actually looking it up. Um, Me too. James yeah. Brundell the seventh Earl of Cardigan, I believe.
2: Yes, Car- Earl Cardigan, yeah. Cardigan, and I sure remember that useless piece of shit.
1: Yeah, and the. Do um, you sure remember the of the book? It's it's like I said, it's on it's on. But yeah, there's there's some really good book about him. So yeah, but, I, mean, uh, I know a whole bunch
2: about British officer failures in the nineteenth century because I read all the uh, the Flashman novels when I was too young.
1: <laughs> nice. Well, I was gonna say like anyway. that's the like the yeah. And remember, kids, you shouldn't be able to buy your way into the officer's ranks. That's the primary. That was the primary problem with the British at the yeah, time.
2: Yeah, not great. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> um. Where were we? Oh so see C- so Chthonia, right. So you got the campaign system, which looks quite good. Um and then the Zone Mortalis has its own uh sort of alternate has it as well as the Zone Mortalis generic rules, it also has um specific Cythonia hazards. So if you're yes. using those in your Carthonia missions. Um and but the, the generic stuff looks great to me. Um some buddies and I are actually we're actually working at doing um the Thraemus Crusade is a little uh Zone Mortalis campaign I'm building I've got four sets of the kill team Galadark terrain that I'm working on. I've all Ooh. springs taking forever. Uh, we're going to use that as Spaceship Interiors for Zone so so uh, it's going to be my Dark Angels versus my friend Max's um, Space Wolves, my buddy Lars and his um, Night Lords. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, I'm sorry, no, Max is playing Death Guard. I got that wrong. My buddy mm-hmm. Buford is playing the Space Wolves. It's going to be the four of us, and I think we're going to use the uh, the Onslaught campaign to kind of uh, give it some format, even though we won't use the Cthonia parts for that.
1: That's awesome. Like, it, yeah. it's... Um... Once again, you're like, when you guys do that, you gotta, you have to talk about it on the on the podcast. That's yeah, maybe I'll see if I
2: can drag everybody on to blather about it here.
1: Ooh, that'd be fun. I like that. Yeah. idea. It's. Uh... But I think
2: hopefully we're, we're hoping to start play late summer. We're going to do a kind of a uh, slow growth thing where we're going to start with a thousand points, up to two thousand points for all Mortalis and all spaceship battles, and then. But I think I think the onslaught campaign probably will do like a single onslaught campaign for each of those phases, so like one at a thousand points, one at one, one at two thousand. We'll call it a day there.
1: Oh, why not just do, like, a 4,000 point? Why not just go all the way? Well, we might, but I think we're going to, maybe <laughs> we'll,
2: we might do 3,000 point outside of Zone Mortalis we can get, add some tanks and stuff.
1: You gotta have tanks. You gotta have, like, you gotta have vehicles. That's, uh... Yeah.
2: Well, not in Zone Mortalis you don't.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's, that's true, but, like, uh, I just always, like, just add a tank. It's like adding a, adding an owl to something. It's just...
2: Yeah. I, well, yeah. My, my, my next phase for my Sons of Horus this fall, I've been... Uh, trading various things in my collection, and I've got a stack of seven uh, various tanks. I'm doing in an armored spearhead uh, uh, right of war which has my next big Sons of Horus push. i so will give me probably about five thousand, six thousand points.
1: Very cool. That's 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 a sizable army. That's, yeah. Uh... Oh,
2: and I should say that that's that's one thing I thought was great about so, it's like Siege of Cuthoni was like just for me because I've got all these tank plans, and they're like, oh, here's a bunch of tank options for the new game with the
1: Dakarians and all of that. Oh, all they're, they're very like the... very cool the veterans like like they get um what is it they get the fire back um in the same same round like yeah some reactions, reactions that reactions seem yeah. really good yeah yeah i thought that was really cool I, and also i mean i keep saying it and i'm sure it's been done somebody's gonna be like oh no they've done sixth edition it just reminds me of like like the pro proto o, rogue trader overwatch rules that yeah folded in the second edition and um that's kind of where I see, like, you know, not to derail it again, but, like, um, so I see, like, a lot of, I hear that they're stream from what I see about 10th edition rules, streamlining a lot of stuff, and, uh, which is neat, like, I, I like that, I want. I don't want to have a three-hour game that we did two turns, so, um, streamlining is always nice. Um, yeah,
2: Horus Horus is about where I like it, you know, it's, it's a little crunchier than 40k right now, but mm-hmm. the, um... The focus on basically, you know, it's it's oops all Space Marines means that the game plays pretty quickly once you get into it because, you know, while everybody's Legion has some different rules, at the end of the day, it's, you know, if you look across the field, you know that guy's got a bolt gun. I know what a bolt gun does. So there's not yeah. too many weird gotchas and, like, mismatches because of that, and I think it, it keeps the game running smoothly. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where Horus Heresy is right
1: now. Absolutely. You got some new stuff, like, well, old stuff, but you know what I mean, like uh, Volkite weapons and things like that. But, like, it, overall, like... It's pretty easy to the glom onto and figure out and like, yeah, like you said, it was like with the being in uniform of space Marines basically, it's it's easy, it's easy to do. Um, yeah, I was gonna say one thing about the Inductee that I didn't quite understand, and I, I and tell and tell me if I just didn't read this. Like I, I only had a few days to read through the book and find time to read it, and um, so the, the Raven Guard, right? Like they're they're there. There are Raven Guard Duct Eye. Am I correct on that?
2: Yeah, at the end of the book, there's an inductive unit for every um, yeah. every legion, whether or not they were right. in the Siege of Kethenia or not.
1: Now, are the Raven Guard, like, did they, like, remember, they had like a, like, when they tried to accelerate the the um, the process of becoming a space marine, they had a huge problem with Raven Guard, if I remember correctly.
2: Oh, yeah, there's like a turning a, to one monsters. of the books is about that, as I recall, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, did they actually, looking at it right now, Thousand Suns, Salamanders, okay, let's see here, doo-doo-doo-doo, raven guard yeah there's nothing really about uh no modification or you know mo- yeah there's nothing They're right next to the alpha legion right here so unchained conviction because all the they all get like a buff of some kind or some kind of rule and yeah so they don't really like i, I would just think like they were just trying to like I, I don't know if that was like an oversight or if that's just they're just nice raven guards don't have this problem with their gene seed um uh, I just thought they were trying to force the like new Raven Guard very quickly that they would turn into like these weird crow men who want to eat human flesh. I
2: think, so if I recall correctly, that stuff gets covered in one of the uh, in some of the Heresy novels relatively early on in the Heresy. Okay. Like I, I think that gets resolved by like the second or third year of the of the conflict. Okay. So I I, I think they're able to like
1: they figured it out is Replenish their
2: ranks without you know getting crow people.
1: Crow people. I like the crow people, but yeah. <laughs> they're they're fun but they're kind of chaos but like it's very fun um yeah okay cool like i just wanted to make sure like you know like is that an oversight or they're just like ah, oh, we got too much shit in this already and yeah so or they're using a different gene seed maybe i have no idea but
2: um, yeah i mean it's, it's unaddressed but my understanding in it which is you know somebody can send me an angry email about this but um yes is that i, I think that was less of an issue by like year six or seven of the heresy
1: Oh, yeah. But if you got an angry email about that, then I would get, like, one about, like, Steve, you should know more about this stuff. Like, you, <laughs> should, you should, like, these thousands and thousands of pages of material, you should be about this, about, like, how you are about um, the history of, um, let's say, the Balkans, you know, like... Yeah, oh, get it together, point. huh? It's a good point, man. Like, get it together, Steve. Like, ah, uh, ah, uh, so much stuff. I, I love reading it all. Like, I love watching videos on it and reading everything I can about the
2: worst heresy. So, yeah. yeah um, but uh, oh, I just was. Say, I thought the inductee stuff was very cool. Um, oh, you know, super cool! Every every legion gets one, and it, it's a way to replace either a or it replaces a um, the rules for a tactical or despoiler squad. Mm-hmm, uh, usually with right. some switched rules, um, they can be really simple. To like you know, the Dark Angels inductee, uh, they lose um, the hexagramitan rules, uh, but they do gain. All their dudes get um, volkite chargers instead of bolters at no cost. Yes, um, the Sons of Horus, for example, they can. Uh, they're a despoiler squad, and except they can um, get uh, chain axes. Uh, stuff like that. So, the Night Lords, for example, they have, the Night Lord one is hilarious, where uh, I think they get some like fear-causing abilities, but on certain roles, they murder each other.
1: Yeah, they get like uh, um, killer killer's blades, and they are That's unscrupulous right. murderers. The Inducti of the Night Lords employed every underhanded trick imaginable to kill their foes, feigning honorable intent to distract a powerful foe before Ensuring they had laid low with a murderer's blade in their back. So, yeah, basically, it talks about how. Man, I love the fluff. Um, started an initiative, step 10, blah, blah, blah. And two plus, that model can resolve its attacks during the step. These attacks, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, they get to go yeah. first, which is a big thing to go first in
2: Horus Heresy Melee.
1: Yeah, and then they'll uh, no longer consider to be ongoing and remaining model uh, can fight normally within their initiative reach. So, um, yeah, there's. Psychological, but, but read, read the end of it though. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, um, that's that's the hilarious part. Yeah, if either model involved oh, let's see here on a one, that model must resolve its attacks during the step against their own unit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they do do so. These attacks can only be allocated to the Legion Despoiler Sergeant model from their own unit, and any wounds inflicted do not count towards the assault results. <laughs> Jesus, so these had yeah, yeah. attacked their own dudes. Um. I'm- it's you funny, I, it's I love Indian the Night
2: Lords. IV. They're such psychos.
1: They are. There's a lot of honorable Night Lords that sort. most of them were killed. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah they're, they're honorable what if you think that having an entire living room full of human flesh furniture is honorable, but like
2: <laughs> I I think the thing that I really appreciate with the Night Lords is it it's it kinda of speaks to one of my one of my fictional issues or issues with the fiction of the Horus Heresy, which is that, you know, All these guys have these these big flaws that sort of come out during the heresy when you know oh it turns out the world eaters are like really bad guys who saw that coming who saw that coming yeah exactly but like the night lords it's they're very honest from the beginning right like they were murdering people and being like they were barely tolerated in the first place so like after the heresy goes yeah nobody everybody's like yeah well of course they went like nobody's surprised by the night lords
1: but in defense of the night lords um so, like, what, what, like, when bringing planets into compliance in the Great Crusade, right? The they, you know, your average legion would show up. Let's say the Ultramarines, and they'd show up. And if they were like, you know, maybe they would talk more and stuff like that. But let's say if the Imperial Fist or, say, the Dark Angels show up, and they're and that that civilization is getting a little mouthy or a little trepidatious, they would just exterminate them. Right. And it was, yeah. Whereas the Night Lords that come in and steal the baby of the planetary king, governor, emperor, whatever and maybe flay the baby, but billions of people don't die. And that's, perhaps that was a horrifying example, but they're night lords. Like, they, they would do things, like, they're horrifying, but in a tinier scale. Now, I'm not defending your right. like, actions. Like, this is horrible shit, but they... Oh, but
2: that, that's, that's why I think the, I, I like the Night Lords. I feel like they're, they're like, in some ways, the most honest Space Marine Legion. Like, yeah, all these guys are psychos. The Ultramarines, they're fucking psychos. Like, like, everybody everybody's out of their minds. The Night Lords are just, like, the most obvious ones, but, like, are they really that much worse than, like, any of these other guys? I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's sort, of like, it's sort of like, I can imagine a talk show at the time, in that time, and you know, it's like, ask Vulcan. It's like, Hey Vulcan, what do you think about like the Night Lords? Like, well, they're very they're monstrous and murderous. However, only three people died on their last planetary compliance. Yeah. And even us, <laughs> with all of our hearts and love for for all the people out there, and even even Xenos in some ways, we killed thirty like, you know, with, like, with, with, with flamethrowers. With flamethrowers, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. burning some Eldar kids. Like that's <laughs> exactly that's. It's like it's so yeah. Like I can see like. Because the salamanders are supposed to be the nice, the nice marines, right? Like they're the nice guys. I, and, I've
2: actually just had an idea. We were talking about maybe we were going to do, you're going to search some night lords, and I was going to mm-hmm. do some dark angels. Um, but now I'm like, what if I also did night lords, and we had like warring night lord bands? That would be oh, hilarious. Oh, because yeah. I'm sure my buddy Lars would be into it.
1: Warring night lord bands would be great because the night lords like are, like there's some that are actually very honorable. Like they don't, they just, they don't think it's, you know. Necessary to kill an entire population and, and, and pave all of their driveway with human faces, or whatever. Right. And some yeah, of and them think that's great. Some of them like enjoy it immensely. Yeah, like yeah. this is my. This isn't just my job; it's my hobby. You know, like yeah, they're.
2: Oh, we should we should talk about this. I like this because it gives me a little bit of like that old like slaves to darkness war bands from the nineties kind of thing. Oh. oh, I think we could do something fun with this. We should talk about this in the future. But
1: I, I was telling my kids about that stuff yesterday, and because they're into Warhammer, and um, real quick, I actually was in a tournament where I was Warhammer fantasy battle. I'm not going to get too detailed, but my chaos champion not only had a Molta Melta for an arm, he had a heavy bolter for the other arm. Nice fantasy battle,
2: yeah, <laughs> old school,
1: high elf. Opponents, hell yeah, yeah. And he was so <laughs> pissed. That dude, I still remember him to this day. He was so pissed. He was like, "This is not." And then the next year, they were like, "Okay, we can't do random <laughs> chaos mutations <laughs> off Slice of Darkness," because, because I'm like, "Oh my god, my guy's got like I actually broke his arms off and glued like a multi from my from my from my um my 40k dudes that I had with me." I'm like, "Yay!" And he's like this cobbled together model. Oh, he was also pinheaded, so he just kind of ran around. Dude, he's dedicated like nice, yeah, he's subject to stupidity, so. Um, she so just ran around and multi-melted at people, but when you're talking about fantasy, that's a it's not good. It's just no, not a good thing. But it
2: is very funny.
1: It's very funny. I love I, it's the 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 two realms of chaos books are some of my favorite things ever yeah, created by mankind. by Human. need to get those reprints. Yeah, yeah. I need I, I lost mine a long time ago same. and I need to get that. The same with the uh, Rogue Road Trader rulebook. So Yeah. Mine looks like somebody urinated all over it. It's bad. It's, it's,
2: it's, <laughs> So, all right so let's, let's, we'll, we'll have to talk about our all night lords campaign
0: oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited
2: about it though i'm like what if i drop all my other projects to do that right now but that's that's stupid uh but we should do it maybe for next year so we'll, we'll talk
1: yeah it's like which how was the first podcast well they talked about the siege of Cathonia mostly and then they just kind of rambled about night Lords something i don't know yeah like, <laughs> driveway of faces i have no idea what they, they, they're okay but, but uh, um, I think for
2: me, for me to solve, I thought of Cthulhu is great. It's really everything I want out of a campaign book. You know, the rule stuff is fun and cool, and it lets me model the campaign narrative, which is what I really want to be able to do.
1: Absolutely. Like, we barely scratched the surface of the book. Um, it's a well laid out, well written, well edited, uh, minus the index, which is a pet peeve of ours. But, Perpetual, you
2: know, you know I'm just never going to mention that again until I forget I said that because they're just yeah. not going to do it. Like, they no. just don't.
1: Well, it's, they don't want to pay for it um and it's, it's work
2: i mean having been involved in wrote in and setting out a war a, a wargaming core books index it yes. is a punishing amount of work that nobody appreciates
1: well i mean like there is a there's an easier way to do it i've indexed stuff before and what you do is you take the pdf of it and like this will be the like final pdf and you're like okay cool go through it and use search functions to make the index it's like I, i've done a lot of indexing and it's sure it's it's but it is work like i'm like i i wouldn't charge them any less than like probably five or six grand to index their oh, book so yeah absolutely like, right, not right exactly a, a cheap endeavor um, and the average player
2: never thinks about it so
1: yes but it does are, it does dramatically
2: improve the product but uh, that's, i've said enough
1: i know we have I'll we have yeah. we are we are like <laughs> we have followed the appian indexing way to the index cavalry I, hill like calvary <laughs> hill here really like yeah. so
2: I feel like we're probably the only Horace Heresy podcast that's main complaint about any book is that, that the index isn't there.
1: Yeah, the game but, ruined. Yeah, I'm but hashtag, my army. hashtag indexing. That's right. We're gonna yeah. Lords our army because you yeah. like yeah. <laughs> Index Marines for life. But yeah, it's um, I yeah it, it, it's it's a minor minor quibble. Honestly, it's really well laid out. They did a great job on it. Um, I don't understand why some people are like, man. But maybe if they're first ed nerds and there's nothing wrong with that it doesn't have all like the blood splatters and the grime filters and all the cool shit they did in the old black books um and but I think uh, it's much
2: more readable for it to be honest so
1: yeah well they're, they're trying to appeal to they're trying to appeal to like a, a new demographic like not everybody that played first ed um you know it's going to play second ed and not everybody playing second ed or the new edition is familiar with first edition i mean it's been what eight years like more than that i think yeah it, it's been a while and and um I think maybe over a
2: decade actually i'm not sure I maybe just can't look that up but it's, it's been a minute
1: mm-hmm. it's been a few minutes and, and that's the thing is like i you gotta you gotta like streamline it and in, in, in i don't want to say lowest common denominator that's not fair you just got to be more accessible it's a better way to yeah i mean I, that like and
2: this is very much still not somebody's first war game, and it's not written to be, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. You can, I mean, like if you're an age-old uh, grog nerd war gamer, um, this will probably be, like simple stuff or whatever. But to your average war gamer, like us, like that, that just really want to have sort of historic, want to have like historical fantasy war, war gaming, this is it's great. It works yeah. great. Um, I do think will that. Yeah, and also like yeah, I do think that if they went with all like uh, style over substance, then it would be a great-looking book, but we'd be flipping through more pages and you know diving, menu diving, if you will, into it. One,
2: one of the one of the secrets of, of tabletop gaming in general is that a good rulebook is actually a textbook.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I,
2: I think people don't like, understand that enough. So usability is a huge part of it, and I, I think this book is is really that. I think I think they set a high bar for for the next books they do
1: yes yeah yeah i i agree completely it's it's this is like i said it could be more stylized but this is a great and you gotta also got to remember the logistical end like the production end of things as well like the more grime filters or whatever people are complaining about that you don't put in this book um or that you put in this book it's gonna cost more money it's gonna be more expensive you gotta ship this stuff you gotta you got to get all the art. You got to make sure the art is nice and concise and clear. And you got to pay all your artists and your writers and your editors and stuff like that. And there's a lot of, as you know, personally, like there's a lot of work and expense that goes into these books. Yep. I, I feel that these, like for, for the effort, it, 11 out of 10. Like, absolutely. Like, these guys should get their own Chthonian parade. Wait no that sounds bad yeah. it's like they're gonna get killed
2: like no 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 yeah. i mean like I mean, it's like a cuban necktie a chthonian parade
1: oof, oof, oof. yeah that's uh yeah no no big black songs for them guys like no it's really good really really good um and i i look forward to more of of this this stuff like this this material i'll, I'll pick it up like it's uh yeah because you want to you want bang for your buck right you don't want to like be like oh it's really nice with the gold leaf and the book actually gives you a back massage but it doesn't really i mean i i saw a book that has a gold leaf
2: and genuine leather cover so i, I get it but also that book is um 125
1: that's the other thing cost yeah, <laughs> yeah like it's like it's neat like all oh, the rule book is great but it cost me 400 bucks and my wife left me so it's like yeah it's, right uh, no <laughs> so it's, yeah so 60 bucks us right it's it's a yeah hell of a buy if you're into horse heresy um i wouldn't say like someone should pick it up if they're just want reading material unless you're really into this kind of stuff like like so it's not an art book no like probably not, not but yeah it's not like the little black books where they're they could be an art book You can read and be like well oh, i'm really enjoying this whole feel but it's it's definitely a rule like you said a textbook which but not as boring as what most people think textbooks are it's well written um i was i was really glued to a lot of the background information like it just sucked me in i'm like ooh. And I have to wear reading glasses to read now. So if you want me to read anything like in a book format that's I don't have to like enlarge the text or whatever, uh huh. It's gotta be good. So that's like that's my that's the best recommendation I can give is like I, I I wore my reading glasses to read through this book and I didn't mind. I enjoyed it. So Right on. Yeah. Cool. But, well I think that's what progressive what for a siege of California, right? Absolutely. Like I think I've said to the like real, eleven times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not a like I would say this is a was a I apologize, dear listener, if you're expecting like a chapter by chapter analysis of this book. Um, more, this is more like a surface level review, I suppose. Um, I don't know if you would agree with that. But it's, uh,
2: yeah, that's just, seems about right. I just want to talk about the things that I thought were cool about it. Which is yeah, there's there's quite a bit more, but I think that's probably not the whole
1: episode. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's one. I mean, coming from where I'm coming from, I don't think there's one uncool thing about it. I think it's actually pretty lean and mean, and it's, it's still a sizable book, even though it's uncompressed or whatever text wise it's still a pretty hefty tone you're,
2: uh, yeah absolutely
1: you're gonna be reading for a while like it's not a <laughs> it's not a, it's not some kind of chapbook or or a, a pamphlet handed to you by some 16th century agitator on the street so right
2: um but yeah i'm sure i'm gonna have more to say about it in future episodes too with oh yeah, actually, yeah. But, uh, yeah absolutely we're playing some games out of the missions tomorrow right? or a game with the new missions so we'll see how that goes
1: yeah, that's, uh, I'm trying to get my younger son into... I suppose I could play with some friends locally. But that, that involves me, like, going and talking to more people. Yeah, oh we can't have God. that. No, no, I, I actually have a lot of friends locally. I should probably, cause I, know I, I do have some local friends. I, I really should... Like, if Eric's listening, he'll be like, yeah, dude, let's get together and play some Horus Heresy. Um, and Eric, no, he, you know who you are, Eric. Um, but, like, um, that is... But I know my younger son wants to do... Cause he's like, I can paint up my thousand sun skies, some of them as Horus Heresy, right? And still use them in 40k. I'm like, oh yeah. As I like to say, absolutely. So, <laughs> um and so we can do some Horus Heresy together. And of course you and I are talking about meeting up and at least once a year, was it? Like so the Night
2: Lord on Night Lord action.
1: Dude, the Night Lord on Night Lord. I love that. I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm okay with other stuff, but like, you know me, I'm gonna.
2: No, there's, there's a cool idea here. We, we, we got to explore this. Um, mm-hmm. So I was actually going to say we should talk about we talked about talking about the tenth edition 40k release, but like, yes. what is there to actually say about that? It's two weeks from now. There's Leviathan. Everybody who talks about 40k knows about 40k knows about it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we could we could ramble, but I don't I don't feel like I have a lot of like valuable stuff to, to give on that, that you couldn't find in a million other places right now.
1: Well, I I'm curious to people listening, uh, if you've made it this far, thank you. Um, is um, what do you think of like just looking at it? Like I'm 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 marginally excited for 10th edition but we get a new edition like every two or three years three years three years they're on a
2: three-year cycle
1: yeah and and we get a new edition and um and apparently from what i can see this does change a lot of things like it's fun having a 17 year old break down 10th edition for you in a very concise way uh so my son was explaining to me and i've seen you know i've read about it too but he gave me a whole breakdown yesterday and it was um you know like they, they like there's what is it seven uh parts of a turn now and they've eliminated two of them mm-hmm. and he's, he's mildly baby rage mad over, um, uh, this thousand sons have them taking away spells and stuff like that. And they're, now they're so like, thrilled to see all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, like he's, he's just like, cause he likes his, like he likes, um, he has art. He likes using his arm on to basically spell spam people. Um, and he's a kid, you know, like, sure. but, but, but he's, he's a smart kid. And he was like, you know, what can I, um, you know, like, like, can't do spells now i guess you get like certain buffs and stuff for well, you they, they still have psychic powers it
2: just isn't a psychic phase it's actually a lot more like in Horus heresy where they have abilities that they can just sort of use in the yeah. appropriate time and i think it's it's better for the health of the game as a whole i think
1: well i i and i told him that's where i first told him like you know like i said earlier like i don't want to spend three hours playing like a two-turn game like i i like the if you can streamline the phases to five great like <laughs> thank you like i don't want to yeah. I mean, I love detailed, like I said, you know, like earlier, like we did Adeptus Titanicus uh, scale, uh, so we did epic scale with 40k rules. That was my entire uh, basement floor when I was a teenager with tiny little dudes moving them. It took days to play. Um, don't ever do that, by the way. Don't ever do epic <laughs> scale 40k rules, like, ever in your life. It's a very complicated and micro, you need magnifying glasses kind of game. Um, but what uh, I'm being stared at. I think I'm rambling, and Nicole's looking at me. So she's like, "What, what are you doing?" Yeah, she's like, "Do the blah blah blah." blah. Um, so, like, I, I like the streamlined aspect of what I, from what I'm seeing. I'm really dove yeah. into the tenth edition rules yet, but it,
2: it looks like tenth edition fixes my issues. I, I didn't love ninth edition. The whole the way strategies work is really out of control. Um, I felt like I was mm-hmm. going to do a, a certain amount of homework to play the game that I did not enjoy. Um, and I like a complex game even like, in, in, in the games workshop realm none of their games are that complex really but um, you know Titanic is I think is the best game they make right now and that's a yeah. pretty complicated game um, so you know it's not that I, I turn my nose up but for out of 40k I, I want 40k to be a fast and furious game um, Yes. and I think 10th edition is going to deliver I'm looking forward to seeing what the BLTAN I've been painting since last spring do um, so we'll see how that goes but uh, I'm, yeah, I'm excited I mean,
1: the... they're playing Tan because I, I actually went on a big Eldar rant with my oh yeah My favorite hostage my partner but uh she just shook her head um but like uh (laughs) but yeah like about craft world eldar and like like i just remember when aspect warriors launched and i was excited to actually like eldar (laughs) or eldari (laughs) i was excited like oh my god i can actually i I broke i broke things so fast because you got harlequins and you got oh yeah you know um you know striking scorpions like i've learned how to like do like a whole jet bike striking scorpion swooping hawk I could even make uh, guardians useful, so you know it was it was fun. So, yeah,
2: I mean, I, I wanted to do bl ten since I was a teenager in the '90s, but my painting school is just just not up to it. Uh, mm. But you know, the last few years it's kind of gotten there. So I've been I've been dipping my toe into it, and I, I got the combat patrol painted up. I got the uh, the Eldari half of the uh, the Blood of the Phoenix set from a few years ago from a friend. So I've got a little, little close to a thousand points. I'm going to play in the Crusade narrative event at the Tacoma Open next month. So I'm excited for that. But uh, yeah, I'm going to, to play some combat control games um, a week from Saturday on release day, and uh, we'll see how that goes.
1: You come up here, you bring your Eldar, and you can take on my son, who is uh, who is a Drakari, his second army is Drakari. Yeah, I mean, I, I can get my ass kicked in 40k down here, I don't need to go to Canada for that. <laughs> He'd be like, oh no, dad, why are you doing that? <laughs> um, like, why, why, what was going on? Like, parading me around, so instead of parading my children around to do... Normal parent things. It's yeah. Break out your yeah. Break out your BDSM space elves, dude. Sharking
2: people with their their dark dark space elves. <laughs> cool but man. Like, well, I think that probably wraps kind of wraps it up for me. I need to get going. Actually. Yeah,
1: down. absolutely. Um. So I, I. Yeah. Next time, I guess like we'll talk about more stuff.
2: And yeah. Um. You know, one of the things I want to talk about next time is uh, kind of getting into Horus Heresy because um, one of the things that drives me nuts is if you're trying to get into the game you'll go see people like, you need to go buy the Age of Darkness box set starter, because it's a great discount. And it is. It's got an incredible deal. You get a ton of space marines. It's a great way to start your yes. first forest army. And then the next thing is they'll, they'll go, and here's our suggested list for your favorite Legion, and it uses basically nothing from that and a whole bunch of expensive fourth World parts. And it makes me insane. And <laughs> uh, that's something I kinda want to talk about. So maybe, maybe getting into heresy and... Um, and that, but I'll hopefully I'll have a little bit more to report on playing those new siege, those new missions from Siege of Cathonia too.
1: Absolutely, like um, so yeah, you could do like a, a buyer's guide without buyer's remorse,
2: so something like that, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's that'd be good for me too because like I like I still I have, I have 30k uh, horse heresy dudes, but you know like what if I want to jump in more into it, right? So yeah, sure, be a good discussion. Um, I also would like to like uh, talk about if we can remember, um. The new, a little bit about the new. It's not Horus Heresy, but the new. It might be the new uh, epic scale, or whatever they are going to call it.
2: I mean, there's, there's basically nothing out there yet, so it'll all be supposition. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really hyped for that.
1: Yeah, same, same. I love that stuff. And you know, so uh, we won't discuss Old World, though I want to. Uh, someone listening has to be into the old. World. I, I'm into the old world too, but
2: I can only I can only do so many podcasts a month.
1: Oh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'll just like do a lone old world podcast where I just like but, lament. But we'll
2: see that 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 Bretonian and Tomb King stuff is showing up is pretty cool.
1: That does look cool. That does look cool. Like you yeah. know, I'm not a Bretonian hater, and I like the Tomb Kings. I'm more of a Beastman guy, but like, yeah, I'm. It's looking good so far excited about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. But Anyway, so, yeah. so I
2: guess next episode we're going to talk about uh, getting started with Horus Heresy as a new player.
1: That sounds that sounds awesome. Let's cool. do it. There we go. <laughs> and it's, uh, and and I'll quit babbling. Um, Simon, it's been great talking to you on this very first Galaxy and Flames podcast.
2: Yeah, this has been super fun. Oh, and I should say, if you're, if you're listening, um, we're going to have a website up soon, if not already when this goes up. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll make some, some lists and stuff like that up there um they'll be on social media you know all the usual nonsense um and if you're uh, if you're listening we're gonna have an email set up so you can email us any questions you'd like to hear us talk about or stuff like that so uh thanks for listening
1: yeah and oh, well before we go real quick simon where you mentioned another podcast to do what is that and where can they find that uh
2: that's brushworlders union uh you mm-hmm. can find everything about that at brushworldersunion.com uh there is a monthly podcast but it's it's more than that it's a community of miniatures painters of all skill levels uh, kind of supporting each other in their craft. Um, if you join uh, the monthly subscription, where uh, every mo- every year I send you a physical um, handbook for uh, for painting, and uh, you can keep your paint recipes and stuff in there. And every month you remember, you get access to a Discord, uh, Patreon, um, s- exclusive stuff, uh, early access to the podcast, a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah, check it out, brushboardunion.com.
1: Nice, nice. It is it is a good podcast too. And thanks, uh, man. I, uh and i also do um, one half of industrial nerds which is if you're into industrial music and nerd stuff or just nerd stuff I think our next episode recording in a couple days and that is going to be involving the guys from i die you die a big website for that kind of goth industrial music and we're gonna be talking about wrestling which is something i'm not super into but like we're gonna be talking pro wrestling awesome uh, as our nerd subject and uh i'm excited about that and and you can just—I'm uh, trying to remember—it's on Libsyn. Just type in "industrial nerds" on a Google search. I'm trying, can't remember. Brian set up a website for that, so. Um, and we'll probably have more sign-off stuff next time. But thank you so much for uh, listening, and uh, Simon, thank you.
2: Yeah, man, it's been a blast. Thanks for doing this with me.
1: Yeah, buddy. And uh, all right, we're out.